and welcome to Know Your True Self, a show dedicated to raising the consciousness of humanity. I am James. Hey, I'm Samantha. And today we're talking about New Year's resolutions, how to set an intention that makes sense for the new year and how to actually stick to it. I know that we're almost in 2022 and this is a time of year where everyone's reflecting on the last year and maybe successes, challenges, disappointments, and looking forward to what they want to create. So we want to help you create something really awesome this year. When you think about resolutions and our future self and everything that we want to achieve, it's exercising more, losing weight, becoming more organized in everything that we're doing. Sometimes it's taking up a new skill, a new hobby, bettering ourselves in, in some aspect of our life. Other times it's living life to the fullest. I want to get out there. I want to travel. Then it could be I want to save money. I need to get my finances in order. Spending time with friends and family. Anything that we can do to try to bring more fulfillment into our lives, but also balance into our lives. But there's a challenge to all of this. We set our sights too high, and then midway through January, 80% of New Year's resolutions have just fallen to the wayside. They've failed, and we're back in old, unhealthy habits and routines. Yeah, if anyone goes to the gym, you know that in January it's super crowded. Like you can't even get a treadmill. And then by February 1st, there's no one in the gym again. So you can see that very physically in the real world, how people just drop off, lose their steam, lose momentum, kind of ask, why am I even doing this? Why am I getting up early and going to the gym? And you kind of lose sight as time goes on over why you even started it. And there's a lot of different reasons why these resolutions or goals fail. Sometimes we try to take on too much. Other times we haven't clearly defined our goals. When we do take on too much and our goals aren't clearly defined, it's impossible to make time for everything. So time management becomes an issue. Often we don't go into goal setting or resolutions with a great support system behind us. So we take it on alone. And when we take things on alone, we lose accountability. And other times we just expect immediate results. We're in it for the sprint rather than the marathon. We see this a lot with dry January. It's like, oh, I'm giving up drinking for a month instead of I'm going to give up drinking for a long period of time and actually see how it affects my life. And that happens with diet. That happens with exercise. It's the 30-day challenge that we're all used to. So in this episode, we're going to spend the majority of the time talking about willpower. Sometimes willpower can be thought of as grit, determination, perseverance. Think of someone trying to hand you like a cupcake or some kind of, some kind of a treat and you being like, no, I'm good, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, willpower is extremely important for habit formation and sticking with our resolutions because willpower is a human energy source and willpower is having the mental energy to resist impulses that arise from your unconscious mind. We have a lot of impulses that we fall victim to that manifest as unhealthy habits and willpower is the ability to overcome those impulses. Wouldn't you see also that willpower is a finite resource? Like we don't have limitless amounts of willpower. It's something that we have to tap into carefully. Yeah, we get our willpower from glucose, which is the fuel of the brain. And glucose levels are constantly fluctuating throughout the day, but they're highest in the morning when we wake and then they're lowest during the afternoon and evening. That's why they always say, like, don't make any key critical decisions 
in the afternoon or late evening because you lose willpower you lose that ability to think with reason because your glucose has been depleted and then during the day what happens is we start out with great glucose levels if you think about after your cup of coffee in the morning and after a good night of sleep you're sort of firing on all cylinders and then the afternoon comes maybe you haven't eaten lunch and you start to crash because we get glucose gets refueled by the things that we eat so that's why eating a low glycemic diet is extremely important to maintain adequate glucose levels sometimes we fall into the trap during the day of like feeling low on glucose we start to get tired or fatigued and what do we go for like an unhealthy snack bar that's loaded with sugar something that gives us a glucose spike not all glucose is created equal when you give yourself a glucose spike what happens after you get the crash. Yeah, I've definitely noticed that like late at night when I'm burnt out or my glucose is low, I'm more likely to reach for something that's not a healthy snack because I'm just too tired to even deal with making the right choice or being healthy in that moment in time. Without a healthy diet, you're really setting yourself up for self-sabotage because without a healthy diet and without keeping your glucose levels in check, it's very difficult to practice self-awareness. So if your glucose levels aren't in check, all of the impulses that are coming from your unconscious mind, you can't really contend with them by observing them. Instead, you start reacting to them. You can't create positive change. Diet is so crucially important. I remember that when I decided to quit drinking, it's a huge lifestyle change. There's so many social occasions tied to it, and I knew in order to be able to control the impulses to have a drink, I'd have to get my glucose levels in check. And before I quit drinking, I spent a whole year just focusing on diet and nutrition because without proper diet and nutrition and without a low glycemic diet, you're really, really going to struggle in achieving your goals. Now, if your goal is to lose weight, then you can kill two birds with one stone here. But Weight loss is just one of many goals that we can have in terms of creating balance in our lives, raising our level of consciousness, but it's absolutely crucial that it's a, a starting place for all of us because a proper diet and adequate glucose levels is absolutely essential for thought observation. Well, also knowing that willpower is a finite resource, what are those lifestyle decisions that you can make that have a domino effect on the rest of your life. Like you mentioned, I'm not going to drink anymore. That's a huge lifestyle decision. But by proxy, you're also not you know, eating bad foods maybe late at night or doing other things that aren't great for your health. Good habits naturally produce good habits, right? You eat healthier foods. You feel better about yourself. You want to exercise more. You're kinder to other people. You're raising your level of consciousness. So the more that you create healthier habits, the more positive effect it has on all aspects of your life. And that's something to be very conscious of and celebrate along your journey. But you also have to remember that as you're creating new habits, there's going to be a lot of things that are going to try to sabotage your willpower. And the reward center of our brain is so accustomed to unhealthy behaviors and it is overstimulated. Dopamine creates this desire to seek rewards, always to seek the reward, which diminishes willpower and then leads to unhealthy addictions. The triggers for dopamine are really based on our 
basic human survival needs. Think about like food, shelter, sex, clothing, and protection. These are all catalysts for dopamine production. So you imagine you're a primitive human, nomadic lifestyle. You have to hunt and gather, find resources as they come, and you come across a few strawberries. That is a huge dopamine trigger just to find that food. You might not see strawberries again in your whole entire life. This might be the only time and you have this delicious, sugary, succulent fruit, like a natural fruit, natural sugars. Now we can go into a store that's just full of candy. That's all pretend fruit, all refined sugars. The amount of dopamine triggers that's sending off in our brain Now think about your food delivery apps, think about all the restaurants that you want to try. And if you have dopamine triggers that are outside of food, just go to your social media feed. Your social media feed is one constant feed of dopamine triggers. When we think about habit formation and preparing ourselves for change, preparing ourselves to take on the things that are blocking our self-awareness, we need to be aware not just of our brain chemistry, but also the dopamine triggers that we're contending with. You know, willpower can overcome these dopamine triggers, and this is where habit formation comes in. It reminds me of that wheelbarrow that finds a rut or a walkway or a path, and it becomes so deep that it's hard to get the wheelbarrow out of that rut to start a new path. And the reason is, is that our brain relies on routines all the time. It's what it uses to conserve energy. Without routines, we would be overloaded with information. And we've talked about how up to 95% of our actions, behaviors, thoughts are unconscious. It's because of those routines. And you don't realize how many routines you have in life until you really stop and look at your day. And, you know, when you get out of bed, you don't decide what side of the bed to get off of. You don't think about putting one leg inside of your pajamas or taking off your pants you don't think about how you're brushing your teeth or now i turn on the water or now it's time for me to open the shower curtain before i turn on the shower water all of these micro routines are embedded in all aspects of our lives and then these repetitive actions strengthen into these deep deep neuron chains the rut in our mind that rut and those neuron chains fire up every time we do that activity so these neuron chains think of them as micro programs in your mind that have developed over time for specific behaviors some of those behaviors are healthy some of those behaviors are extremely unhealthy but the beauty of our brain is that we have brain plasticity so through brain plasticity we can rewire our brain it develops neuron chains from where we direct our consciousness to for an extended period of time. Now, there's the challenge, where we direct our consciousness to for an extended period of time. A lot of great books have been written on willpower, habit formation, and there's a common belief that it takes 21 to 90 days to form a new habit. In 21 days, new neuron chains will start to develop. But now you have a new neuron chain a new pathway that isn't as deep as the old rut and while it exists that old rut is still there right it never goes away that old neuron chain associated with an unhealthy behavior just stays dormant unless it's acted on 
now you've gone 21 days of creating a new healthier habit. Let's say it's food and a friend invites you out to dinner and you get fried chicken, you get dessert there. Then you go home, you have leftovers. Then the next day you feel guilty about what you did. So you get the what the hell effect and then you start ordering more unhealthy food. And now all of a sudden that old neuron chain with eating unhealthy foods is just firing up like crazy, super excited. And the new one that you had started to develop, it's hard to find it. That path that you had started to forge new neuron chains is disappeared. So yes, those new chains can develop in 21 days, but they haven't been deep rooted. Well, also just thinking about the emotional journey of those 21 days or however long you're committing to change, the first couple weeks, you're probably just jacked up on the fact that you're doing something good for yourself. So again, let's say it's healthy eating. The first couple of weeks, you're telling all your friends that you've made this commitment. You're getting praise from other people. You might be losing weight. Then all of a sudden, you know, the third and fourth week, you plateau. People aren't really patting you on the back anymore. You might stop losing weight or getting that gratification from making that change. So then all of a sudden, you're like, why am I still doing this? But remember that that's normal and that's natural. And these are all emotional phases that one goes through when creating a change. I think from myself and making those change commitments, I also stopped drinking. And I think once you get to that three-month period, for me, that's when you really feel that second dose of encouragement around whatever you're doing. So just understand that you know the first couple of weeks, you're going to be really riding this high of creating a new change then you're going to plateau and that plateau usually lasts until about three months. So there's a period between, you know, week three and month three where it's really challenging. It's really hard to continue to maintain that change that you've set out to create, but just know that it's completely natural and normal. And there are things that you can do to stay on track. For example, one thing I do is journal. So, you know, every night if you're journaling, Again, taking the food example, you might keep a food journal where every day you're reflecting on what you ate that day. And that's a way to give yourself that gratification for continuing to stay the course. Some other people I know literally will check off, you know, days on a calendar. So if you're trying to get to that three month mark, it can feel gratifying not to break the chain and just to see those checks every day. So how can you continue to give yourself that praise for staying the course knowing that it's going to get tough between that time period of three weeks and three months, but also know that once you get to three months, there's nothing kind of holding you back from keeping going. And why not do a year at that point? Why not do a lifetime? Because you've made that commitment at that time. And when you've made that commitment and when you've overcome desire, which is a low level of consciousness, you've now broken into courage. And courage is the tipping point to reaching even higher levels of consciousness. And far too often, we identify with our desires. We identify as a drinker. We identify as someone that loves food. Or we identify as someone that loves to shop obsessively and spend money even though we shouldn't. And when we identify with these things, it really blocks us and brings us down. And what you were talking about is so true and also so challenging is when we resist these things, short term, the havoc it plays on us because... No matter what we try to do for ourselves, even if we're trying to do something better for ourselves, our unconscious mind is going to resist it and our brain is going to resist it. 
And I remember after I quit drinking, I was like, what's another desire I can get rid of? And I've been smoking pot for a long time and I quit almost a year ago. I remember when I quit smoking pot, I thought this is a desire. I should be able to overcome this relatively easy. What's the big deal? And around week two, my brain was searching for that habit. It was searching for that routine. And then my mind kept telling me like, why are you even doing this? Pot's not bad, pot's legal. You've been smoking it and been successful your whole life doing it. So this has never been your barrier. Drinking was more a barrier than this. And all of a sudden I have these flood of emotions that I'm contending with. And those emotions start to make you feel lonely and disconnected. And when I say lonely and disconnected, it doesn't make you feel lonely and disconnected as in like you're all alone in this world, but lonely because your mind and brain are searching for an action that you're not feeding it. So it's a different type of loneliness. It's not like sitting alone in a room. It's like, this doesn't feel right. If you've ever moved to a new city and you're searching for the routines you used to have, you're searching for the types of restaurants or the types of social places or the types of sports connections, you can't find your routines. You start to feel lonely and disconnected. Why did I even move here? None of this makes sense. It's a different type of lonely and disconnected. And then after that loneliness and disconnection, all of this fear and worry start to surface. But you have to remember that all of those thoughts, all of those emotions are not you. They're not you. All of that narrative is your brain and your unconscious mind trying to keep you in your rut. And they're only doing it for the preservation of themselves. But you have the power to overcome if you're persistent, if you don't feel guilty after a setback, if you truly believe that change is possible. You have to truly believe the change is possible and you have to visualize and see what that change looks like, how it's going to benefit all aspects of your life and remembering that any time that you want to create a new habit, it's going to require a lot of new routines and make sure that there's constant repetition of those routines, constant repetition, because without repetition, you can't rewire the brain. Also making sure that you have a support group. You have to be accountable. And this is why it's great to share your goals with loved ones, whether it's your spouse or close friends, is sharing successes, encouraging each other along the way. You don't have to have the same goal, but you have to be accountable for your goals. And over time, you'll find that your new habit, this new healthier way, this new healthier lifestyle requires no effort at all. The old neuron chain is faded. New routines are in place. And the benefits of these new healthy habits and routines are so fulfilling, so rewarding, because you're operating at a higher level of consciousness. You have an increased self-awareness because you have let go of this un healthy addiction. All of those things ultimately just hold us down, even things that are seemingly innocent. I was drinking a ton of coffee actually before I was in the hospital, probably like two venti cold brews a day. If anyone goes to Starbucks, you know what size that is. It was a lot of caffeine. And you know, when I was in the hospital, I didn't have any caffeine. I was experiencing huge migraines and I was just like, I don't like being this hooked on anything. And I think that's the point. Like you shouldn't really need to depend 
on anything in this physical world beyond the things that are you need. Like obviously you need to eat, you need shelter, but there are things that are blocking us and we don't even know it. Sometimes that can be as innocent as caffeine or bad food or, you know, not taking care of your body. So just being really honest with yourself and sometimes asking a loved one, like, are there any blocks that I have that I'm not aware of? That can be a really good conversation to have. So I know a lot of you right now might be mulling over what are the things that I need to change in my life? Where do I want to make self-improvements? What are my New Year's resolutions? I would ask you now to pause on those for a minute. First, prepare yourself for change. Keep your brain chemistry in check. Make sure that you have adequate glucose levels. Start to identify Where are dopamine triggers that pull me into unhealthy behaviors? Those dopamine triggers might be unhealthy relationships. They might be in your social media feed. They might be in your refrigerator. What do you need to do to prepare yourself to keep your brain chemistry in check through adequate glucose levels and to eliminate dopamine triggers? Next, start practicing self-awareness. Do journaling, figuring out When am I getting impulses for these unhealthy behaviors? Because when you're getting those impulses are the moments you're going to create new healthy habits around. So start to identify where you're getting impulses, how it's affecting your life, and take inventory of them. To create a new positive habit, you need to know what unhealthy habits you're looking to overcome. Next, spend time just controlling your breathing. When you do feel impulses arise, Start to go into a quick meditation. Just sit down, take three deep breaths, and then slow your breath and do that just for three to five minutes. And then when you come out of that three to five minute meditation, instead of acting on an impulse, pick up a magazine, turn on a song, do something else, just redirect your consciousness to another place. So by keeping your brain chemistry in check, by practicing your self-awareness, by being more in tune with your breathing, and understanding how to redirect your consciousness, you're starting to practice some of the crucial fundamentals for creating change. And this preparation is going to be extremely important for your long-term success. I think especially with everything going on in the world, it's important to remember that the only thing that we can change is ourselves. And there's so much that we can do internally that can positively impact the world at large. So this is really the time to look inward and make those commitments that are going to have a ripple effect on everyone that you come into contact with. Join us next week as we continue talking about resolutions, the goal setting process, and always remember you have a choice. Take an active role in your own evolution. Know your true self. (music) 